Welcome back to the Young Buck Bets Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and I got to start with a couple of apologies. I missed this week's Picks Pod. I missed the Sunday Quick Hitter. It's been a lack of content on my end, but it was for absolute good reason. I got a new kitten. I posted it over on my Instagram story at Dylan Kelly Show. If you're following, you saw it. It's a cute little kitten. But I got a new kitten over the weekend, so that took up a lot of my time, and I couldn't get the pod out. And I know this is sports and gambling pod and whatever. You're supposed to be like a manly guy. But if you've ever tried to introduce two cats in a little apartment, like a 700-square-foot apartment, with really like no isolation because we didn't really have that option, you will understand why I had no time for a podcast at times it honestly felt like I was running a kitty fight club with the amount of right hooks getting thrown I was starting to place odds on who was going to throw the next right hook who had the biggest right hook of the day who was going to go down first it was it was sketchy in here to say the least it was tense in my apartment the whole probably last three or four days but they're friends now and everybody who's wearing it's a one-year-old male cat and a three-month-old girl cat and everyone who says to me oh my god Dylan they're gonna mate no no no, they're both fixed and honestly I had to talk with my male cat and I told him this ain't Alabama this ain't Georgia this ain't anywhere down south we don't do that shit down here we don't do that shit down here this ain't Alabama this ain't we don't keep it in the family around these parts so he knows and she knows they both know we're all set here so um speaking of right hooks Let's talk about the Leafs and the Jets game from Sunday night. And I know the Leafs lost, but as a fan, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm in the majority here. Most fans would know that it was good to see the Leafs really not get pushed around, not get taken advantage of, not get dominated, whatever you want to say. And no, I don't mean they won every fight or that they dominated the physical battle, but they sure as hell didn't get pushed around. And that's great to see as a Leafs fan because that's not something we've really got to see from this team since we had... Frazier McLaren and Colton Orr, man in the fourth line with Mike Brown on the third line, maybe the toughest team in the league at that point. We could have just line brawled anyways. Go look up the Frazier McLaren and Colton Orr highlights. There's just some of the line brawls that those guys got into during that time was absolutely hilarious. If they wanted to drop the mitts, they would. But since then, we haven't seen the Leafs really push back and be a kind of a tougher team. And obviously, big guys like Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons stepped up. But even Jason Spezza, I mean, it was a dirty play. I don't agree with six games, but it was a dirty play going after Neil Pionk. But even Spezza, Michael Bunting, Nick Ritchie, who kind of looks like the dumbest human on the planet. <laughs> like, guy for sure may as well have had a coloring book instead of a textbook when he went to school. But nonetheless, he stepped up. And, like, you've seen him going after PLD for going after Matthews. They basically sat Pierre-Luc Dubois the whole third period because they knew that someone was going to go after him, and that guy was going to be Nick Ritchie. He's a good little fighter. He's a tough guy. It's good to see guys like that stand up and you know what the Spezza and Neil Pionk they traded dirty hits Pionk's was very dirty Spezza's was you know at fr- in the game I didn't at, at the first time I was kind of more like maybe it was more emotion thinking like man Neil Pionk kind of deserved that but at the same point when they sh- slowed it down and you watch the replay over and over and you see him stick the knee right into Pionk's head it's like okay yeah uh, maybe I can Maybe I can kind of see where they're coming from from an unbiased perspective. But still, six games, I thought, was a little bit too much. But Pionk needed to get more, man. Sandine's on the IR today. I haven't heard much more information about it yet. Maybe that's just me, lack of research or something, but I haven't heard much information. But Sandine is on the IR. I hope he is okay. And you know what? 
physical game, lots of fights, a couple dirty hits. That's hockey, baby. That's how it goes. That's whole time hockey. And the Leafs played the Blue Jackets last night. Good bounce back win for them last night. They won 5-4. Um, Marner and Sandine are both on the IR, so they were both out for the Leafs last night, and they won 5-4. It was a huge game for, huge game for Matthews. He stepped up in Marner's absence. He had two goals and an apple, and Morgan Riley also had four apples last night. Morgan Riley, ever since he got that contract, and Morgan Riley in general, he may go down as one of the best Leafs defensemen of all time. If he lives out this contract that he just signed with the Leafs, he was a high pick. He's lived up to his hype. He's been here forever. I feel like if John Tavares wasn't here, Morgan Riley probably would have been named the captain in my mind. But I, I that's just a, I guess that's get me getting sidetracked. I think he will be one of the best Leafs defensemen in history when his career is all said and done. Um, it's a great bounce back win after a loss against the win, uh, against the Peg on Sunday. Um, it's good to see them bounce back. You know. It's, they have a tough test in Tampa coming up on Thursday, and then they go out west. I think they have a couple tough games against Edmonton, Calgary. They may even go back to Winnipeg, I think. It, um, but, yeah, they're going to have they're gonna have a tough part of the schedule coming up. Hopefully, Marner and Sandine get back. But that Thursday night game against Tampa Bay is going to be must-watch television. My next piece of business is giving a shout-out to my boy, Johnny Breer. What Johnny did was created me an intro song for the pod, and it was sick. I actually really liked it. But unfortunately, due to the copyright issues, I can't use it if I want to stay on Apple Podcasts, which is actually where I get probably majority of my listens. I still get listens on Spotify, and I, I post on Spotify because I want everyone to be able to listen to it wherever you want. But if I want to stay on Apple, then I can't use it, and that really sucks. So give this man's Instagram at Breer underscore 96. That's at Breer B-R-E-A-R underscore 96 and on Twitch at Beans Low. Beans Low, B-E-N-S-L-O-W-E. And to check out the mixes and the music and different things that he makes, he does a lot of photography stuff. He does cool stuff with his rollerblade and cameras. He's got really cool Instagram pages, pages, Twitch pages, everything. Social media pages are off the charts for that guy. So go give Johnny a follow. And Johnny, thank you very much for making me that intro song. I'm just pissed that I can't use it. Last week, I did a segment about Tua, and it was 100% without a question, no doubt, my most interacted with segment I've ever done. So first off, thank you to anyone and everyone who reached out to me or like responded on Twitter or sent me a message or whatever, even liked or whatever the post. I appreciate it a ton. I love hearing your opinions. And if you message me, I always, you'll, I mean, you probably saw it right there. I message back and I'm usually like, dude, I see your point or I agree with you. Or I don't agree with you. Anyways, but the best message I got was from my boy, Corey Tuck. I think at one point I introduced him as my boss and I got to apologize to him because he was my boss at one point, but he really wasn't my boss because he's my boy. So, I mean, it's, it was weird. I listened to him, but he was also my friend. So either way, I just had to let everyone know that he was a boss, not my boss because, you know, whatever. He's still my boy. Anyways, getting sidetracked on the Corey Tuck talk, but... I got a message from him and it was breaking down what he thought about Tua and basically to paraphrase, it was like Tua versus Mac Jones. And you know, what he was saying was kind of right. And I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth here, but he said, you know, Tua struggled really bad out of the gate last year, which is hundred percent true. And the organization kind of started to doubt him. And it's really hard to overcome organizational doubt, especially when you're a high, high pick. So like even with Tua, going off and doing well like a lot of people are like dude he's still just not good you spent a high pick on him Justin Herbert's better whatever so 
I agree with him, but that's probably the best message I got. We had a good talk about it. But here is my Tua take this week because you know I'm going to have one every single week. And Tua should have been given a major pass in 2020 because this man had a major, major hip surgery. The doctor said at one point it was only a hip surgery that he had seen in car crashes, and he barely played any football in 2019. His last start before making his NFL debut was November 16th of 2019. His NFL debut wasn't until November 1st of 2020, almost a full calendar year layoff while also making the jump to the NFL, while also learning the play new playbook, and oh yeah, while also rehabbing a crazy bad hip injury. He should have been given a free pass for last season, especially the start. The second thing that hurt Tua that he'll never ever live down, I really don't think, is that Justin Herbert was picked after him in the draft. I'm the biggest Tua fan that you could think of. Like, I love him. I got the jersey. I'm almost a closet Miami fan, Miami fan sorry, because of Tua. But that was a mistake. If Herbert ends up being as good as I think he's going to be, which is like he's got the potential to be Aaron Rodgers good, um, that would just be a massive shadow over Tua's whole career. And it's kind of rightfully so because Justin Herbert should have been picked before Tua. I, I think Tua's good. I think Tua's got potential. But I don't think Tua will ever be as good as Justin Herbert. Obviously, I could talk him a I talk about him all day. I've done a couple of segments about him on the pod. I've worn the jersey and videos, whatever. I'm a closet borderline Miami fan because of him. Like I said, um, the two and Waddle connection is amazing. They're just like an offensive line, couple offensive line pieces and a running back away from being a really good team. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are probably both top 10 players at their position. Their defense is really solid. If they could just get a good running back, that's not Miles Gaskin. That's not Salvan Ahmed or whatever the hell his name is, Malcolm Brown. They can just get Philip Lindsay, even they try to bring in. They can just get a good, solid, young running back and a couple good offensive line pieces. Miami's going to be a scary team. It's just they got to go into division with the Bills and the Pats. So that's always going to be tough right off the hop. The last thing I want to get into um, before the look ahead into week 14 of the NFL is the Monday night game between the Bills and the Patriots. And I had plans to like go to the casino and I was fired up. It was going to be a great game. We didn't end up going once we saw the weather, once we saw everything going down. We were just like, you know what? No, I ended up going over to my brothers. We just hung out and watched the game. We were just in shock at what was going on. And a lot of people will think that I'm going to hop on here and say, I told you so about Mac not being able to be like win you big games and he's not going to be the reason. But like, dude, he gets a pass. Like that wasn't on him. If it was on him, he would have thrown the ball way more and it would have been him winning that game. But that's on Belichick. Belichick only let him throw it three times, which is absolutely wild. I think his final stats like two for three for 19 yards. That's wild that that was a stat line in the NFL. Seeing a team rush the ball 46 times and throw it three was like watching Little League football. High school football throws more, more than that. High school football on a whole, the worst high school football team throws the ball more than three times a game. And only Bill Belichick could get away with doing that. Can you imagine even if they want Dan Campbell did that? Matt Nagy did that? They would get their head chopped off. There'd be no doubt in my mind if the internet would be going crazy. Did the internet go crazy? Yes, but everyone kind of gave Bill Belichick a pass because he is Bill Belichick. Speaking of Dan Campbell, the Lions got a win. And if you can believe it, I'm going to do two straight peel behind the curtains. I got a message from somebody. I did, like They followed me, whatever. I didn't know who they were. I still don't know who they were. It seems like a burner account, but they messaged me. and They're like, you said Detroit's not going to win a game all season. It's like, dude, for one, that's a hot take. And for two, I stand by that take. I didn't think that they were going to win a game, and they barely won the game 
that they did. They're a horrible team. They got lucky. I'm shocked that they beat the Vikings. I said on my on my look ahead pod last week that I didn't think there was a live dog situation in any sense of the word. Even if Dalvin Cook didn't play, even if Kirk Cousins didn't play, I didn't think it was a live dog situation. The Detroit Lions are horrible, and they somehow pull pull one out of their ass. But it's so funny. Like I'm doing a hot take. I do something that's a crazy outlandish take, and someone's like, "Hey, that didn't hit." It's like, well. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's a hot take. But anyways, I still respect the guy for listening and reaching out. I texted him that, too. Or I, I messaged him that back, too. I was like, what the hell is it? Like, what do you think? That was actually going to hit? Like, a, that uh, teams have only gone 0-16 a few times in a season. And this year would have been 0-17. It's the longest season in the NFL, if you haven't heard. And I tweeted out TD scores and prop picks for Monday's game on Twitter. What an idiot I am. The over-under was at like 40 and a half. I think I hit the over. Tweeted out three touchdown scores. I'm such an idiot. But make sure you're following the Twitter and Instagram at Dylan Kelly show. And another little peek behind the curtain. The reason why I'm telling you to go follow these tweets. If you do the view tweet activity, I don't know if you guys can do that when I do it, my touchdown score and different tweets off that young buck bets account. I think it has 53 followers right now. It's actually getting seen by like thousands and thousands of people, which I understand in turn in relative terms, in terms of people that have been doing social media for a long time. They'd be like, yeah, that's great. I've got hundreds of thousands. For a Twitter account that's 53 followers, something's going on. I'm getting thousands and thousands of views on almost every single tweet. It's not turning into follows for some reason. So make sure you're following the Twitter account at Dylan Kelly Show. Hop on the train before it leaves town. But for now, let's get into the ad. Today's podcast is sponsored, but not actually sponsored, by Howler Head Whiskey. 30 proof, 40%. Straight bourbon whiskey with a natural banana flavor. It's just like the UFC. It's going to punch you right in the mouth. Chase it with some apple juice and you won't be disappointed. Howler Head Whiskey. Thank you for sponsoring, but also not sponsoring the podcast. All right, we're back. Like we said, we're unofficially sponsored by Howler Head Whiskey. And when I say unofficially, I mean there's absolutely no sponsorship. They didn't reach out to me at all. All I did was go down to my local LCBO and pick up a bottle and then say I was sponsored. And I'm pretty sure you're allowed to do that because why not? So anyways, I am. I have two shots poured. But what we're going to do, as always, is go through the schedule, the slate for week 14 of the NFL. I'm going to start with the Thursday night games. Halfway through, we're going to hit a shot. Before we leave, we're going to hit a shot because we love Howler Head that much. Do we have to go to work tomorrow? Yes, we do. But we went Christmas shopping today. And what does Christmas shopping mean? It means you stop at whatever restaurant is in the mall once you're finished and you get a couple drinks with whoever you went Christmas shopping with. So that's kind of what we're doing here. We're going to keep the train going. And we're all adults here. We'll show up to work tomorrow. So we're going to keep the train going. For me, it's a Sunday. And they always say, don't let your Monday ruin your Sunday. So that's exactly what I'm doing here. Starting with the Thursday night game. It's the Minnesota Vikings versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Minnesota Vikings are three-point favorites. They're minus 170 on the money line. Pittsburgh Steelers plus 145 on the money line. And the over-under is set at 43 and a half. I know the Vikings just lost to the Lions. And that's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. But the Steelers are just showing week in and week out why they you shouldn't bet on them. They can't move the ball offensively. Defensively, yeah, they're okay. They can stop teams. But guess what? It doesn't matter if you stop teams if you can't win. If you can't move the ball offense, offensively, and that's exactly what the Steelers are. 
I like the Vikings on Thursday night, minus three, minus 170. I will be tweeting out touchdown scores for tomorrow night's game. I'm going to be watching it. I got nothing going on other than work during the day, so I will be watching that game. I'll be tweeting out touchdown scores. Make sure you're watching for all those, those tweets, those Instagram posts, at Dylan Kelly Show on both things. The next game, moving on to Sunday, it's the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, two-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 135 on the money line. Falcons, plus 115 on the money line. Over-under set at 42-and-a-half. I look at this as a live dog situation. I'm pretty sure Chuba Hubbard is questionable. Christian McCaffrey out for the rest of the season. Cam Newton got benched. I don't like the Panthers near as much as a lot of people do. Do I like the Falcons? No, I think I say this every single week, but the Falcons are the definition of a live dog because they could go off any week because Matt Ryan, as old as he is, people might say he's washed up. He's still got it. I would lean Falcons in this in this way. And like weeks prior, I tell you, you know, I like to spread this way. I like to spread this way. I'm just this week. I'm just going to tell you what team I like and you decide. You decide what you pick, and when I come back for my pick spot on Friday or Saturday, because I'm not hammering in a date, because you never know with my life right now and coming in Christmas time, I think everybody can agree this is the busiest time of year. It's hard to fit in a podcast during this time, but also, I don't know. I would lean the Falcons both ways here. Spread, money line. I think they're a live dog, everything. I like the Falcons. The next game we got is the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. I'm not sure why, but the Ravens are dogs here. Browns, two and a half point favorites, minus 135 on the money line. Ravens, plus two and a half, plus 115 on the money line. And the over-under is set at 42 and a half. Maybe I'm just not doing my research here. Maybe Lamar's out. But why the hell would Baltimore be underdogs unless Lamar isn't out? I He must be out, man. He must be out. Out, but the only thing is, I like that Kareem Hunt's back for my fantasy. He's got back in perfect time. Anybody who's a Kareem Hunt owner that kept him on the IR, which you 100% should have because he before he went out, he was absolutely lighting the league on fire in terms of fantasy, not in real life, but lighting the league on fire fantasy-wise. You should have kept him. He's back in the lineup. He's going to help you for your playoff push. I like Kareem Hunt in that game. Start all the Cleveland Brown running backs always, but I would lean Baltimore Ravens here. I like two dogs in a row. Falcons plus 115 on the money line. Ravens plus 115 on the money line. I like them both. Ravens are a good team. Browns are just kind of stuttering to the end here. Baker Mayfield's hurt. He stinks. So I like the Ravens in that game. Seahawks versus the Texans. Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites. Minus 360 on the money line. Over under 41 and a half. We all talked about Russ having a get right game against Washington there last week or the week before. Just didn't happen for him. DK Metcalf continues continues to struggle in Seattle, but I still would lean Seattle here. I mean, seven and a half. Maybe you know me. I like to buy points minus four and a half. Maybe by Saturday, this will be a game that I bet and I get Seattle down to three and a half and put them in a parlay. You know me. I like to buy the points as long as the odds stay at minus 180, minus 200, something around there. So I will be leaning Seattle over the Houston Texans. The next game is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs in a divisional matchup. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Minus 440 on the money line. The Raiders plus 330 dogs in this one. Over-under set at 48. I think 330 is a lot for the Raiders to be a dog here. I know Kenyon Drake's out. That doesn't really affect the Raiders whatsoever. I mean, they lost all their receivers, whatever. Hunter Renfro seems to be going off in fantasy every week. I'm actually... 
first week I will ever say this, and I know it's going to bite me in the ass because people are going to listen to me and do it and do it with me, and they're going to get burned by it. I'm going to start Hunter Renfro over Jamar Chase this week, especially against this Kansas City defense. I don't care that Kansas City's not in half-point favorites. I'm starting Hunter Renfro over Jamar Chase this week. And I would think the Las Vegas Raiders are live dogs in that situation. Plus nine and a half is a pretty good number there. I like that. Like I said, if you do like the Chiefs and you don't like that number and you don't like the minus 440, buy it down. But for me, I would lean the Raiders at plus nine and a half. A divisional matchup like that, it's got to stay closer. Unless Derek Carr's out. Like, I don't think he is. But unless Derek Carr's out, divisional matchup. Got to stay, got to keep it close, and it will stay closer than nine and a half, in my opinion. Next game, New Orleans Saints versus the New York Jets. The New Orleans Saints minus five point favorites, minus two forty on the money line, plus one ninety on the money line for the New York Jets, and the over under set at forty three. This is kind of a who cares game. I think if you don't go the Saints, you're out of your mind. So go the Saints money line at minus two forty to be safe and put it in a parlay with something. The next game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Tennessee Titans. This is the same kind of thing of a who cares game. Titans are eight and a half point favorites, minus 450 on the money line. Jacksonville plus 340 on the money line, and the over-under set at 43.5. Like I said, who cares game. Do you lean Jacksonville? Maybe. But maybe you go the other way. Like it's it's minus one fifteen for plus eight and a half. Maybe you go the other way if they allow you to do it on your book. I don't know if Betway allowed me to do it. If I can get Jacksonville at plus ten and a half, plus twelve and a half even for minus one eighty, minus two hundred, I would <laughs> I would probably think of taking Jacksonville there. If you can get them at plus ten and a half for minus one eighty, minus two hundred, think of taking taking Jacksonville over Tennessee Titans. And this one, another <laughs> kind of like a who cares game, but not also not at the same time. Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Dallas always has the intrigue. They're America's team. That's going to piss people off that I say that because no one in America likes that Dallas is called America's team for some reason. I'm not from there, so I don't get it. But <laughs> Cowboys are minus four point favorites, minus 200 on the money line. Washington football team plus 170 dogs. I don't like Washington football team betting on them whatsoever. I like the Cowboys here. I like the Cowboys minus four. Over-under set at 48. Don't like touching the over-under here. Dallas Cowboys, minus four against the Washington football teams. I would I would kind of, I don't know. I would hammer that if I was you. We're going to stop this segment before we get to the Lions and Broncos game because I know everyone's just absolutely dying for the Lions and Broncos game and we're going to take a shot of Hallerhead Whiskey because, like I said, they didn't sponsor the pod, but they also sponsored the pod. Banana flavored. So the next game is the Detroit Lions versus the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are minus eight and a half point favorites, minus 390 on the money line. Detroit Lions plus 295 on the money line, over under is set at 42. This would have been the game before they beat the Vikings that if you circled on the schedule, maybe the Lions had one or two more games in the whole season left that you thought they were going to win. This would have been one that I thought now that they won last week, I think that might be the only win that they get all season. I wouldn't take the Broncos minus 390. I wouldn't take the Broncos minus 8.5. One thing I want to talk about, my I, I used to call him my boy, my ex-boy, Noah Fant. I used to love this guy. I used to draft him in all Madden fantasy drafts and all Madden whatever. I used to trade for him, get him, whatever. He's the greatest tight end of all time. I, I got a text. I mean, I'm going to kind of digress here. I got a text from our boy, and I say our boy because our boy of the podcast, Blake Horler. 
sent me a TikTok and these people were talking about, uh, did you get into Madden stories when you were a kid? Dude, not even as a kid, obviously as a kid, but even as a grown adult, I got into Madden stories. Noah Fant was one of my guys that I would get in every every single league, break records. He'd be the best tight end of all time. Noah Fant would have the best stories. But I mean, the best one was I have a be a pro career guy, and his name is OG Two-Tone. It's inspired by the gangster from straight out of Compton. OG Two-Tone was the absolute stud in NHL, MLB, NFL, everything. And then I didn't buy an NFL, MLB, NBA, anything. I didn't buy an uh, OG, uh, uh, a sports game from like 2018 to like 2020. And I made this whole storyline once I bought uh, Madden 20 that OG Two-Tone had went away to prison for two and a half years, and now he's finally back. And he went from being a quarterback to a middle linebacker, and I played a whole 10-year career as a middle linebacker, OG Two-Tone, just to stick to the storyline that this guy went to prison and put on like 100 pounds or something like that. So yes, did I get into storylines as a kid and as an adult playing Madden and playing video games and doing shit? Of course I did, because one time when I watched SpongeBob, he put a rainbow over his head and said, imagination and that's what i live on so to get back to this game who cares about the denver broncos and the detroit lions noah fan please score me a touchdown and let me feel good going into the fantasy playoffs the next game is the los angeles chargers versus the new york giants and the chargers are 10 point favorites here minus 480 on the money line a lot of kind of big money line spreads here this week plus 360 on the money line for the giants and the over-unders 43 I would hit the over because the Chargers have a chance of hitting 40 by themselves, obviously, every week. Mike Mike Williams just got put on the COVID list, so maybe that changes the 10-point spread for the Chargers, but it hasn't on Betway yet. Maybe Bet, Betway is just a little bit behind. I don't like the Chargers at a 10-point. This may be one of the teams that I end up buying points down and parlaying it, where like instead of being, I have two teams that are 10-point favorites, I get one at 6.5 and, and one at 5 or one at seven, and it ends up coming out to plus 130 as a parlay, and that's what I end up giving. Just wait, because the Chargers are always a team that I get, I mean, notably, I get horny to bet on the Chargers. They're so good. They're, they're fun to watch. They're good offensively. They went on a little bit of a cold streak, but they're a little bit, they're halfway back right now. They're halfway back. If they can get three quarters of the way back against the Giants, that over will hit, and the Chargers will probably cover that spread. The next game is probably going to be a good one. It's the San Francisco 49ers who are catching their legs here and versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The, I would have bet on the Bengals last week. They lost to the Chargers. Just weird. Like I said, the Chargers are halfway back, but it's just weird that the Bengals would just lose. I don't know. I don't know. That's who I would have bet. I'm happy that I didn't, and we got that kit, and it kind of saved me from losing money. But the Bengals are... Or no, the 49ers are one and a half point favorites, minus 125 on the money line. The Bengals are plus 105 on the money line, and the over under is set at 48 and a half. Bengals, I, I'm same as Char. I'm always horny to bet on the Bengals. Love Jamar Chase, love Joe Burrow. I like Joe Mixon. I like the Bengals defense when it stands up and shows up. I would lean Bengals here, probably plus 105. That's three dogs I like, I think, so far between. Falcons, Ravens, and Bengals, I think, so far. My three dogs, those are three, two of the three teams I don't mind liking as dogs. I don't like the Falcons as much as I like the Bengals and the 49ers. I think the Bengals are a decent team. I don't think they're a good team. I think they're a decent team. I think that kind of helps them out here. I think they have enough. I don't know. You never know what San Francisco. That's one. That's that's hilarious. I know, but I don't know. That's one I really don't know on between the 49ers and the Bengals. Let me get back to you that. Or let me get back to you on that one on Saturday. 
Three more games left here. We got the Bills versus the Bucks. This should be a good game, but the Bills are kind of like the Rams, man. They get punched in the mouth and then they just they just quit. They just kind of quit. I don't know. Patriots just ran the ball on them what 43, 46 times. Like and they couldn't stop it. They just couldn't How do you get run off 46 times and just not stop it? And even on offense, they only allowed 10 points on defense. You only or they only allowed 14 points on defense and you only scored 10 and you're supposed to be like this potent offense that's Super Bowl caliber. I don't know. I don't care about the weather. I don't care about the weather. If one team can run the ball 43 times and score 14 points, if you're throwing the ball and running the ball and you got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and all these running backs, you could have scored more than 14. Buffalo might be a fake team, and they're showing it here. They're the dogs against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, minus 3.5 at plus 100 odds on Betway, minus 180 on the money line, over-under set at 53.5. The Bills, plus 150. Dogs? Could the Bills roll into Dog of the Week? Yes, because the Bills might be one of the best teams that you could bet on in terms of Dog of the Week. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to, you know, they're not going to win the division. They're going to fight to win the division kind of thing. They're one of the best underdogs that you could bet on all season long because they're a good caliber team. But I really don't like them here. I would rather go on the Buccaneers minus three and a half at plus 100. Plus 100 for the Bucs to win by four. I would probably take the Bucks there only because of the plus 100. If it goes to four points, five points, I'd probably lean the Bills, but I like the Bucks at minus three and a half at plus 100. Going on to some prime time games. This is an, uh, another decent one. Division matchup or just a rivalry game. Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. Packers are 13 and a half point favorites. Minus 680 on the money line. Plus 480 on the money line for the Bears. The over under set at 43 and a half. This game I ain't going to touch 13 and a half is too much. Money line's too much. Bears stink. Don't want to go anywhere on them. But I will be tweeting out, most likely, more than likely, I will be tweeting out touchdown scores. The next one, this will be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. I have Tuesdays off, so there's going to be more Howlerhead in the mix on Monday night. And if I have a big bet on it or if I have whatever on it, you may see some more post from me like I posted during the Dallas Cowboys versus Kansas City Chiefs game where I'm just living and dying with every single play. But it's the Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. Murray, D-Hop, they're both back. Minus 135 on the money line for the Cardinals, plus 115 on the money line for the Rams. The over-under, 51 and a half. The over-under when they're big numbers seems to never, ever ever live up to the hype. I don't know why, it just never does. I'm going to be on touchdown scores, but both these teams, it's kind of weird. I think both these teams are soft, but I think both these teams are pretty good. So when you have two soft teams playing against each other, I've seen this with the Leafs for years, so I feel like, I mean, you just translate it over to sports, but two soft teams playing against each other, the more skilled teams win. Arizona Cardinals are the more skilled team with Kyler Murray in the mix and Matt Stafford has nine different injuries. Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Minus two and a half. I would go the under 51 and a half because like I said, they just Vegas knows and it seems to never ever hit for some weird reason. That wraps up week 14 of the NFL. It's Survivor Night. It's Wednesday. So what does that mean? 
It means before we get out of here, we all have to take one more shot of the unofficial sponsor, Howlerhead Whiskey. Thanks, Dana White, for not sponsoring me. Go watch Survivor. Go have a good night. And I'll see you guys on Saturday.